George R.R. R. Martin made a self-imposed deadline for Winds of Winter and let it lapse. What will we have before this book is finally finished? Uh, I'm going to start this week because clearly the answer is world peace. That is what we will achieve before Winds of Winter is finally released. Uh, Tabitha, what about you? I will have achieved death before this book comes out, so I'm not even... I'm not even worried about it anymore. I'm going to be in my grave rotting by the time this book comes out. Is death really an achievement? <laughs> Have you seen 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Uh, two possibilities. One, sports-related. Um, another, Cubs World Series. And two, Ready Player Three. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see both of those things. <laughs> All I'm seeing now is like George R. R. Martin's like brain, like in like some kind of like robot thing, like 108 years from now. Or it's like, like his head like from Futurama. Futurama. Exactly, like exactly. <laughs> uh, at least the people then will be able to read that book. I'm happy for him. <laughs> Listening to the Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Pickett. Hmm. All right, so before we get started, uh, if you're in the Springfield area and you're listening to this before Sunday, August 2nd, uh, then check out the Springfield QuadCon Nerd Mart uh, at the uh, the Crown Plaza. It's from 8 a.m. to 1:30 p.m. Uh, there's going to be tons of comics, toys, other nerd things for sale. Um, also, there's going to be like a cosplay parade. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So, the big thing that kind of came out this week were the Emmy nominations. Uh, Netflix got 160 nominations across the board. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, of the major categories, and I didn't, I kind of glanced through some of the major categories um, just to see like what would fit kind of our um, genre or whatever. So Watchmen got three nominations, uh, Best Actor and Best Actress in Limited Series or TV Movie, uh, as well as Outstanding Limited Series. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, the Mandalorian and Stranger Things were both nominated for an Outstanding Drama Series. Uh, also, The Mandalorian got a uh, total of 15 nominations, including uh, nominations for production design, music composition, and then for fantasy and sci-fi costumes. Uh, one other series that I did notice, it's not really geek-related per se, but uh, it was one of the series that I binged during uh, Quarantine Life with Schitt's Creek, also got three nominations. Uh, for best actor and actress, as well as uh, best comedy series, so I still need to watch that. The last season, I'm waiting for it to drop on Netflix. Same. Yeah. yeah. God, was it good? It's so good. Moira is my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. No disagreement. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but like, what are you know? What are your thoughts? Did you guys? 
look at any of the nominations, kind of notice anything else that I missed? Like, why was Baby Yoda not nominated for everything? Right. <laughs> like, Best Supporting Actor? Yeah. I, mm. I just, I have so many questions. Um, I just, like, I'm really glad that these kinds of shows are eligible for Emmys because they're not technically, like, television shows. Mm -hmm. They're streaming shows. Yeah. But who watches regular TV anymore? People do that. Um, but I, I like that we live in a time where they're able to be Emmy-nominated. Yeah, it's nice. Like, the like. The quality of these shows is high enough that they're getting nominations at the Emmys. Like they're not just just shoving these shows out there as filler content. Right. Like it's actually like I don't know. It's worth your time to go watch these. I guess it's part of it. So yeah. I don't know. And plus, I mean, that does really speak to streaming platforms as a whole i mean you know look back at you know even earlier this decade uh I, do you guys remember when yahoo had their streaming service mm -hmm, for like yeah. five minutes yeah um the only show uh that was worth anything on that streaming service was community um uh, because the last season of that show was on yahoo screen i think it was called right but yeah but I like yeah, but like every other show on there was just kind of like, mm, why is that a thing? And now you have, you know, like this plethora of TV where it's like, I'm going to be honest. I mean, it's it's all, you know, a lot of it is quality content, but it's too much content at, at times. But, you know, like you can literally like do nothing but watch streaming services from now until you die and you won't see all the things that are quote unquote must watch, you know. Right. True. Uh, some way, shape, or form, Emmys are going to take place Sunday, September 20th. That would be fun just to see, like, a television screen of, like, hundreds of, like, Zoom, you know, boxes or whatever on your TV, <laughs> like. Just picture all of, like, the Prince robots sitting in the, in the seats. And, like, <laughs> celebrities will be the faces on the Prince robot TV. That sounds horrifying. As long as they're all clothed, <laughs> I'm more comfortable with it. <laughs> the Prince robots, not the celebrities. <laughs> They also need, everyone just needs clothes. <laughs> True. So uh, we had a chance to read uh, a new graphic novel. It's called Grateful Dead Origins. Uh, it's coming out uh, next week, August 4th, by Z2 Comics. It's written by Chris uh, Miskiewicz, and, as well as The Grateful Dead, with art by Noah Van Shiver. Uh, basically, this uh, this graphic novel explores the early days and uh, formation of one of America's most influential bands. One of the things um, that I liked about this book was that uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but like in the very first page, like there's a QR code. Yeah, I did see. That. Yeah, and it's a link to like a playlist of some of Grateful, Grateful Dead. Dead. Like, yeah, which I personally didn't do that because I can't listen to. Uh, I can't listen to music and read at the same time. I That's too much stuff for my brain to process. But if that's something that you can do, uh, check that out. I mean, I thought that that was really cool and really, uh, you know, really ingenious. Overall, I liked this. Um, I thought that it was kind of an interesting look into the history of the Grateful Dead. 
I found it entertaining, even though like I've never really been a Grateful Dead fan. I've, I like some of their songs, but I don't own a single Deadhead t-shirt or any of the bears or anything like that, you know? Um, obviously, there is a lot of drug use in this graphic novel. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but I have a feeling that anyone who is going to pick up this graphic novel would already be familiar with this. So yeah. it's a that, warning, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, I know you had a chance to look through it as well. What'd you think? Um, I definitely enjoyed the art style. Um, it kind of seemed to fit with the uh, overall, like, and this was kind of one of those themes that they talked about throughout the whole thing was like hippie culture. Um, but the art really kind of fit with what I would like, I don't know, categorize as hippie culture. Um, but it was definitely an interesting look at the early beginning, like you know, the early times of the Grateful Dead, how they came across their name. Um, like not necessarily really to spoil anything, but like I guess if you're most people that are reading it are like would be fans of the Grateful Dead. Um, but kind of gives you a little bit too towards the end about the creation of the logo, like the iconic logo, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of a cool a cool way to like tie things up. Um, my only thing really was that like some of the the like the the because it jumped from like like mini story to mini story almost, mm -hmm. and had you know dates at the top of each page, which I really like the fact that each each one of these little mini stories about like their evolution as a band um, started on a fresh page. So you didn't have to worry about like, you know, carrying over from one panel to the next, like each, like if a new story started, it was the top of like a left-hand page. Mm -hmm. um, but some of those seemed, some of those little mini stories seemed a little arbitrary, a little random, if you will. Like I didn't really quite understand why they were all included. And maybe that's because I'm not, I'm not a deadhead and I'm not a huge Grateful Dead fan. Um, but other than that, um, it was, it was definitely an interesting, like learning read through about the Grateful Dead. I also, I got a week. Well, I say I, we got a uh, message on Instagram from um, writers of a graphic novel series called Martyrs of Revelation. Uh, the first three, of the four books in this series have been released. Uh, you can find them on Amazon right now, uh, both in print or digitally. Uh, so the three books, they're called Egg, Falling Snow, and Baby Teeth. Uh, Martyrs of Revelation, it's written by Mark Loder and Travis uh, Mazriev, with, and it's a produced and distributed by Visions Found. It's a uh, venture between Canada and 11 other participating countries in terms of uh, uh, illustrators, colorists, things like that. Which, oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, which I think that is really cool. The book itself uh, follows four explorers on a journey to uncover unknown species of life. So I read the first two of these books, uh, Egg and Falling Snow, and it's it's a fun read. It's um, I like the art style. It's got me interested enough to where I'm definitely going to check out this third book. So uh, we're going to stick with comic books for just a little bit. Matt, you've got a couple of stories. Let's start with Oscar Isaac first. So Oscar Isaac, uh, last week we talked about Keanu Reeves doing his uh, comic book series. Um, but uh, Oscar Isaac is throwing his hat in the ring as well. Um, coming from Legendary Comics this next year, 
I was going to say this fall, but not yet. Um, in 2021, um, Legendary Comics and Oscar Isaac are going to be doing a graphic novel entitled Head Wounds Sparrow. Uh, Oscar Isaac is going to be working with Jason Spire for essentially writing this project. Um, it, he's develop, developing this series. Um, it's coming from creator Bob Johnson, um, and the story is by John Alvey. So, um, so the general synopsis is this, that Leo Guidry, uh, is a bad person and an even worse cop when he suffers a psychotic, a, a psychotic, oh my gosh, when he suffers a psychic head wound, his life on the edge slips into spiritual warfare in a landscape of angels, devils, and everything in between a person utterly devoid of empathy find, can a person utterly devoid of empathy find a way to overcome the forces of darkness that have infiltrated his reality. This is the world of Headboon's Sparrow. So it definitely seems kind of interesting. Um, the little visual touch that we've gotten already, uh, kind of like with the Keanu Reeves Berserker, um, Oscar Isaac kind of looks like this main character. <laughs> so I don't know if we're eventually going to get an adaptation or not, but um, I don't know. Like, like the Keanu Reeves one last week, um, this one seems interesting enough to me that I will probably check this out. Um, but we'll have to wait until, uh, 2021, uh, but it will be available both in stores and online. So you get to be a digital or physical copy of this graphic novel. And yeah, like I'm, I'm super pumped for this. It sounds interesting. And plus, like, I feel like I have to say every time we mention anything about Oscar Isaac, because of his affiliation with BB-8, I am an Oscar Isaac fanboy. So <laughs> I can't wait for this. Um, you also have some stuff on Images Anti-Event? Yeah, so this fall, um, Image is going to be doing, well, it's kind of being called an anti-event, um, but from Image Comics, it's a series called Crossover. The art is going to be by Jeff Shaw, and it's be written by Donnie, Donnie Cates, um, the entire creative team with Jeff Shaw and Donnie Cates. Um, is the team that worked on and created God Country. So they're all getting back together for this project. Um, the plot essentially is unknown. Donnie Cates has teased it a little bit via Twitter and social media. Um, he's calling it an anti-event. So I'm not exactly sure what that's going to entail, but it's also a series. So we're getting a number of issues. Um, but on his Twitter... The teaser that he put out says superheroes aren't myths. They're viruses and they're spreading. Oh. So this seems kind of dark. I'm, I'm intrigued to see more about this when we get like, you know, more plot details as far as this goes. Um, but the first issue lands November. I definitely want more info, but I'm, I'm intrigued. Yep. Uh, so I don't think we talked about this because we were, I, I'm pretty sure that all this happened when we were on our, uh, coronavirus hiatus. Um, I like that terminology, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, earlier this year, AMC and universal had a spat, uh, cause universal was like, Hey, we really like this video on demand thing. And AMC is like, screw you. We're never playing a universal movie ever again. <laughs> well, <laughs> It seems like they have made up 
in a new agreement, Universal Movies will be available uh, via video on demand after 17 days of playing in theaters. In a joint statement, uh, the two companies said that they have a shared commitment to a mutually beneficial long-term partnership that is focused on serving consumers worldwide while uh, preserving and enhancing the theatrical experience. I think this is a happy medium, you know? I think that the whole pandemic has sped up something that we were heading towards anyway when it comes to video on, like, big movies being released on demand. Um, So I, it was an inevitability, but I still like the idea that AMC is still trying to be like, hey, well, let's still have this as well. Um, So that's cool. Now, I did see something about that, Mitch, too, that um, once the 17-day, like, window for AMC is over, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a small window, like, right after that, where when those films are available for rental as video on demand, they're going to be priced around $20, and AMC is still going to get a cut of that. uh, Huh. Yeah, I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Hey, I mean, if that's if that's what's going to take to get, you know, Universal movies and AMC theaters, then I guess that is what it is. Yeah. All right, guys, it is time for gut reaction. Oof, gut reaction. And we're gonna st- uh, go back to Matt, and we got a trailer for Truth Seekers. So Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are back at it again. Um, they are doing a supernatural comedy series called Truth Seekers. It is both created, written, and starred in by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Um, they are paranormal hunters that essentially end up in over their heads. Uh, there's going to be eight episodes. It arrives this fall. Amazon Prime, I think, is where this is going to be. Um, I don't know. I Simon Pegg. Nick Frost, these two get together. I would watch them watch paint dry. I mean, it it, it would be entered. It would be hilarious because there would be commentary. Um, Like the end of this trailer where Nick Frost is looking down this shaft and he goes, hello ghosts. It just like, I lost it. Like that was, I'm a hundred percent in for this thumbs up. I'm going to have to give this a thumb sideways. Um, For me, the trailer was like, I couldn't tell if this was going to be a series that I would really love or I find myself bored by the end of the first episode. I think it's going to be one of the two, uh, but I do definitely want to check it out. Tabitha. Uh, I agree with Matt. Like I would watch these two watch paint dry. They're both just absolutely hysterical. And it is like what would happen if I tried to be a ghost hunter. Cause the hello ghost <laughs> would definitely be something I would do. So I'm going thumbs up. Uh, take this with a grain of salt. So, uh, solo star Alden Ehrenrich? Did we ever decide how his last name is pronounced? No. No. Okay, well, that guy. Uh, hinted that there may be more to Han's story, and that there was a report by Star Wars Unity claiming a series was in development at Disney+. Plus. But then director Ron Howard has since shot those rumors down, saying that he's not aware of anything. Uh, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. I enjoyed Solo for what it was. Uh, I thought that it was a different movie. And I think that if we got 
a series surrounding it, uh, I, I, I would be in for it. So, Tabitha. Um, I did not like that movie. I didn't think we needed that movie. I don't think we need this. I think that they need to stop trying to market the Star Wars franchise in this way. Just let go and let God here, or let go and let Darth something. I don't know. But <laughs> thumbs down. Matt. Due to the mixed reaction that Solo got, um, I still have not watched it. I mean, I've watched probably about the first half hour, 45 minutes. Um, and it wasn't really enough to keep me watching, hence why I've only watched that much of it. Um, but I, I don't know. Han Solo was always one of those characters that was like that super mysterious background. Like, where did he come from? Where did he go? What did he, where did he get? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he go from Han Solo? <laughs> oh my God. I can't even be mad at that. Lydia Bell, even though she's not here. <laughs> I'm texting her. Oh my god. Oh. I, I hate you so much. Uh, As you were saying, Matt. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going to go thumb sideways because I the jury's out because I haven't seen the whole thing. So. Fair enough. Uh, Tabitha, let's go to Paper Girls. So Amazon is bringing Paper Girls from Image Comics to their streaming service. Um, it's the one that's written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by Cliff Chang, who will both be serving as executive producers. Um, I read the first couple of uh, trades of this, and it's about a group of friends, I think in the 90s, who are trying to save the world from evil time travelers. And it's it's really good. It's... It's something when I was reading it that I was kind of wanting to be a TV series. Uh, we don't have any casting news or a release date yet. I'm excited to see what they do with this. Um, I'm going to go thumb sideways, though, because I haven't watched any of these Amazon things. And, like, if this had been, like, a Netflix thing, I'd been like, okay, let's do it. But since I don't have any experience with how Amazon is treating these comic book adaptations, I'm going to go thumb sideways just out of caution. Um. I'm going to give this a cautious thumbs up because Amazon has done the boys, which I have not read, but has been well enough received where it's getting a season three. Um, and mostly the thumbs up comes from the fact that the two creators are um, on board with this going forward as a series, even though I've, I mean, I've never read it. Um, but again, every time something like this happens, you know, they announce a new series. I'm like, ooh, I should go read that. So uh, a cautious thumbs up. Uh, I'm also going to go thumbs up. Um, I I know that Paper Girls is immensely popular. I've never read it. I honestly didn't even know anything about it. Um, but you had me at 90s, and then you really had me at Evil Time Travelers. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I really want to go and check out the comic before this show comes out. So... Uh, I am full of rumors tonight, so take also this with a grain of salt. Uh, so there are reports that Captain Marvel 2 will be, quote, a mini Avengers film uh, that's also going to introduce Ms. Marvel slash Kamala Khan. Uh, there, there's no word on who the other Avengers would be in this movie. Uh, if this is what actually happens, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, I feel like 
the last few Marvel movies have been kind of mini Avengers movies anyway, especially with like mm-hmm. Civil War and you know other things like that. Uh, and plus, Kamala Khan is immensely popular, and we're getting a series from her anyway. So that would be kind of cool to see further integration between the Disney Plus shows and the MCU movies. Tabitha, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Miss Marvel series with Kamala. It's like one of the only like comic book series I actually stuck with for a certain period of time. So this is getting a huge thumbs up for me. Um, I love this idea. I mean, they did such a good job with like things like civil war, you know, making it almost an Avengers film without being an Avengers film. Um, and then again, to be able to add in and like weave in the Disney plus and uh, Kamala Khan, um, I think is a, a great idea. So I kind of really actually hope that this happens um, the way that it's rumored. So thumbs up. Tampa, let's talk about Crawdad Singh. Um, so this book is something that has literally been sitting in my, I need to read this since like last year. Um, it's a book by Delilah Owens uh, following a young woman, Kaya, who is a been abandoned by her family and basically left alone to raise herself in a marsh in North Carolina. Um, she becomes an author about like that writes a book about the town. And this is basically like a coming of age crime thriller because she is then uh, accused of murdering her former boyfriend. Um, this was one of Reese Witherspoon's book club books, which usually like Reese Witherspoon tells me to do something and I immediately do it. Um, but somehow <laughs> I haven't done this and I don't know how. Um, but Reese Witherspoon and Lauren uh, Neustrader are producing um, via the Hello Sunshine banner that's under Sony Pictures. That's like Reese's like film production company. Um, Lucy Alibar is going to be writing the script closely with Delilah Owens, the author. Uh, this is something that like this book has been huge. Like this book got released, I think, in 2019, like at the very beginning, and it's still not in paperback because they're still selling so many of the hardbacks at such a higher cost that they haven't even released a paperback yet. Wow. They've already released a special edition. Like this book has gone crazy viral. And I'm also one of those people kind of sometimes where if a bunch of people are reading it, I don't want to read it because I'm probably going to hate it. And then I'm going to be that one person that's like, hi, I hated it. But <laughs> we'll see what happens. I really need to read this. And now I definitely need to read it because we are getting this movie. Um, I'm going to give this a thumb sideways. Um, Reese Witherspoon's company has done uh, a couple books now. Uh, Little Fires Everywhere mm-hmm. was a Hulu production. They have not yet, to my knowledge, done a film production other than this. So... With as big as this book was, I just hope that they follow it to the letter and don't do that thing where they change just enough of it to irritate me. So cautious thumbs thumbs up, but mostly just a thumb sideways because I haven't read the book yet because I suck. <laughs> Matt. <clears throat> um, I'm kind of surprised that this has not made it to film yet as popular as it is, um, which makes me a little cautious about, you know, are they worried about getting it done right? Or is there something else that may have caused the delay in, you know, in that? Because then you get books like Ready Player Two, where like it, the book isn't even out yet and the movie rights are like sold. Right. So, you know, why, why the delay? Um, so I'm going to go thumb sideways just out of um, tenacity. Is that the right word? No. Timidity? Timidity. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I am also going to go thumb sideways. Uh, the book sounds interesting, but it also does not sound like my cup of tea. And thus, I don't think that the movie would be my cup of tea either. But um, if Reese Witherspoon says it's good, then it's, you know, probably good. Uh, Matt, let's talk about a Reddit horror story. Yeah, this, I, I actually saw like a quick blurb on this and I had to go find an article when I saw the blurb because this just kind of, this definitely caught my eye. Um, so a Reddit horror story entitled My Wife and I Bought a Ranch by Matt Query um, has been picked up by Netflix. Um, apparently there was a bidding war for this story um, and the rights sold for seven figures. Jesus. Um, which is just like, just blows my mind that this was published on Reddit and it like this guy just made seven figures to like sell this short story. Um, also James Wan and the stranger things, 21 laps production company from Sean Levy and Dan Cohen are going to be producing this. So some huge names attached for production. Um, Matt Query's brother Harrison is going to be writing the screenplay. Um, in general, the synopsis boils down to this. The, mm, it's described as a Stephen King, M. Night Shyamalan kind of creepy. Um, it co- follows a couple, Harry and Sh- Sasha, who buy their dream house in Idaho. He's a soldier getting back to life, and they bid what they can, which is a lowball offer. They get the ranch, but find they are not alone. Soon they meet their neighbors who inform them that there is a malevolent spirit in the valley, one that manifests itself by coming to the house in the same manner at the start of each season. There are certain steps that must be followed to keep the spirit out of their house, and the tension and violence grows with each gory ritual as the duel between the spirits and the ex-marine becomes personal. Sounds interesting. Also kind of sounds like not necessarily super original like you like you bought a old haunted house and now you have to fight the ghosts in order to live there so i'm gonna go thumb sideways uh i can't even get fifth or a hundred upvotes on the things that i post on reddit and this guy gets a seven figure movie deal out of it thumbs down based on jealousy alone tabitha (laughs) (laughs) um you Okay, so this does not sound like anything new and original that, like, I would pay that money for. Just by seven figures. Right, and you lost me at M. Night Shyamalan, so I'm going thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The last thing for Get Reaction tonight. So there is a new Chia Pet in the shape of Mount Rushmore. However, the presidents are replaced by the Golden Girls. It is a toynk.com exclusive, and it sells for $49.99. I have to go thumbs sideways on this. As much as I love the Golden Girls, uh, I've never tried to grow a Chia Pet. I doubt I'd make it, you know, stay alive. And also, I mean, it's... It's still more than $10 per Golden Girls. I don't know that's... I want to pay that, you know, that, that price, that, that $50 is a little steep. So thumbs sideways, Tabitha. Um, yeah, I'm not paying $50 for a plant I'm going to kill. So thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) Mount Rushmore of the Golden Girls. I would almost be more apt to 
go in for just like a set of four Chia Pets of the Golden Girls than like Mount Rushmore of the Golden Girls. I don't know. It just seems bizarre. I don't know. I think I have to go thumbs down. I would like a real route Mount Rushmore of the Golden Girls, though. Like, if we could take the founding, or no, no, not the founding fathers, the presidents down and place <laughs> uh, the Golden Girls up there. I, I mean, the hair's kind of already there. True. <laughs> True story. Shady Pines, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, just a few more stories to talk about. Uh, Tabitha, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but there's some new information about cutie marks and dragons. Okay, so when I first saw this, I was like, uh, no, this is weird, and now I'm like, oh my god, I need them. So Hasbro is mashing up My Little Pony and Dungeons and Dragons, cuting, creating cutie marks and, dungeon, or and dragons. Ugh, that's hard to say. Uh, there will be five figures, each representing a class of Dungeons and Dragons. They will have removable accessories and cute names. There are Mysteria, which is a wizard, Shadow Star, which is a rogue, Valor Stronghoof, which is my favorite, which is a barbarian, and Spinner Talltail, a bard, and Woodheart the Kind, a druid. And of course, each pony comes, like they come in a group and they each come with a unique look and a backstory. They're available for pre-order, and they're on sale in October, and I don't need them, but I kind of want them. Like, I was always kind of afraid of My Little Pony as a kid, and I thought their little tails... Don't ask. Um, I thought their little tails were weird, and I was not a doll kid, and these were basically just dolls in the shape of horses. So oh, I wasn't nice. into them, but now I kind of want one. Um, by one, I mean five because I want one of each. And, like, I looked at the photos, and they're all so cute, and I want to know what their backstories are, like how cute they are. Oh, those are pretty awesome. I know! I feel like we should get those, and then we could do a... I don't know if you can see them. I can't. We should do a, uh, a, a, a rolled and told... Uh, <gasps> and they come with a die. <laughs> I mean... A rolled and told scenario with the uh, <laughs> with these ponies. There, There are five ponies and five of us, so... That's basically perfect. I get to be Valor Stronghoof, though. <laughs> that's that's my only request. I feel like the, I would have to be like the Bard or something. Like you would be Mysteria or Shadow Star. I think you could. You'd make a good rogue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't be a rogue. I'm too clumsy. True. <laughs> you have to be Spinner Talltail because that just fits. Yeah. Would Heart the Kind would have to be Lydia because she's so nice. So that leaves Pickett as Mystaria, the wizard. I think you'd be. I think you'd be in for that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> as long as I'm Bowler Stronghoof, which is if I ever release an album, is going to be the name I release on it. <laughs> oh, duh. <laughs> So, uh, after nearly a year of rumors, speculations, and then denials, uh, there are now reports saying that Haley Steinfeld will, in fact, be Kate Bishop in the upcoming Hawkeye series. Um, the series is going to see Clint Barton train Bishop as she takes up the Hawkeye mantle. Uh, this still isn't official yet, so, I mean, again, grain of salt. Like, I'm like the National Enquirer or something like that tonight. Um, <laughs> but... As I've said since we first uh, talked about this, like that casting would be a slam dunk. I mean, she 
-hmm. Like I, I can't speak to her acting credits because I don't think that I've seen anything that she's been in. But based off of looks alone, like she would be a perfect Kate Bishop. So yeah. All right. So the last story to talk about tonight, um, we haven't had a good food story in a while. And Tabitha, let's get some breakfast. Okay. So I was very excited about this when I first saw it. And then they ruined it for me. So we're going to talk about how this happened. (laughs) So Dunkin' Donuts in August is releasing two caffeinated cereals based on their coffee flavors. There's going to be a caramel macchiato and a mocha latte. Two of my favorite things. And cereal, another one of my favorite things. Caffeine, another one of my favorite things. This was checking all my boxes. (laughs) And then I started looking at it, and I realized that the caffeine amount is a tenth of a cup of coffee. Oh. What? So. You gotta eat ten bowls? I have to eat ten bowls of cereal, which is doable, let's get real, (laughs) to get enough caffeine for one like physical cup of coffee. Wait, I've solved the problem. Put coffee, coffee in instead yeah. of the milk. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. <laughs> Someone posted that on the article. They're like, "Oh, well, you could just use coffee instead of milk for the cereal." And I was like, "That's gross." I was like, "Actually, that's not a terrible idea. Like, put a little cream in it. Nobody's going to know the difference." But like, if I want, like, that's less than like the caffeinated gum that they came out with when I was in college that I lived off of. Like, this is just. A tenth of a cup of coffee in a serving. I mean, who eats one serving of cereal, by the way, which is like, I don't know if you've looked at the serving size of cereal, but it's like a quarter of a cup. No one eats a quarter cup of cereal. No one. It's just not a thing. (laughs) Um, But still, like, I don't want to have to eat a box of cereal to feel the caffeine. Like, if I wanted to eat little pieces of something to feel caffeine, I'd go get chocolate-covered espresso beans like a normal human. (laughs) It's just such a waste. It makes me so sad. I mean, I'm sure it tastes delicious, but I really only put caffeine in my body, so I feel the effects of caffeine. I feel like this isn't going to do anything to me. R.I.P. My hopes and dreams. Yeah, why even market it as caffeinated if it's Well, they so probably negligible. can't put a lot of caffeine in it because then they'd have to, like, market, like... Well, like, if you have anything with chocolate in it, there's going to be caffeine in that. Well, yeah. True. Isn't that... I don't know. I just, it just had me going. I was real happy and real excited, and then they just let me down, just like Dunkin' Donuts always does. That's true. Wow. They can't mix their drinks. No. You get, you get a drink, and you've got, like, your cup, and you've got your ice, and you've got your sugar, and you've got your coffee, and you've got your flavor, and none of them are combined. They're in layers inside my cup. And I just, it's true. I don't have a cocktail shaker in my car, which is my first mistake, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I just wish they could blend things a little bit better instead of just pouring them on top of each other and hoping for the best. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of like this cereal. <laughs> I mean, in, in Duncan's defense, I mean, I've never had a uh, bad drink from there. So Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Which Duncan are you going to? The only one in town? There are two in town. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. South 6th Street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've never I've... gone to that one. I've only gone to the one over here, and it's atrocious. Like, I, mean, I stick my straw in, and I take a drink, and it's like grains of sugar inside my mouth every well, single time. Why don't you stir it up with your straw? That's after... It, sugar settles unless it's blended. Like, that's just not how science works, Mitchell. I mean, but, like, good. with the other layers, though... 
Well, yeah, but then I'm like, it's not my job to stir my own coffee. I paid you $4. You couldn't stir my coffee? <laughs> if I wanted to stir my own coffee, I'd make Matt make it at home, and then he'd stir my coffee. She's not wrong. <laughs> and I can't vouch for that one on South 6th Street. That's over by my office, and it's no better than the one here. I just don't understand why it's so hard to mix <clears throat> things. That's makes me be... sad. Their donuts are delightful. <laughs> Well, it's going to be really awkward when I say that this episode was brought to you by Duncan. Well, Duncan, if you're listening, buy a cocktail shaker. <laughs> so I guess that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with what's happening throughout the week. And be sure to let us know about any cool things we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Everybody say bye. Bye. bye.